Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Bottom line is, is Kepka, you knew he wasn't going to blow a lead again. I mean, that's the one thing about Kepka. I don't want to say blew a lead against Rom uh, at the Masters, but I do think the 29 holes uh, on that Sunday uh, in uh, horrific weather, at least, to conclude Saturday, and then the real cold on Sunday, I think that was, you know, three three shots. Uh, I think it was three shots, but then he had to make a putt there on seven when they had stopped the day before. I was asking a lot. Um, and I know that you could sit there and tell me that maybe it had a little something to do with the idea he wasn't competitively, uh, you know, at razor's sharp edge based on the live, whatever the reason. You know, that probably was asking a lot. He finished second. Rom did what he did. Once Rom got the lead there with about nine, ten holes to go, he wasn't going to lose it. And uh, obviously, Kepka, you know, kind of ran out of gas. Um, you know, I, I didn't know what to, I didn't think Rom would be a big factor. I did not know what to expect out of out of, out of Kepka. But once Kepka, you know, he had a very, very good round there in the bad weather on Saturday at six when he shot a sixty-six. Once Kepka had the lead, even though it was, you know, it was slim. Uh, against uh, a variety of people heading into Sunday, there was no way he was losing. Uh, I, and I know he got tied a couple times, and I know, you know, he, uh, he, you know Scheffler made that late charge. Scheffler lost a golf tournament there, in my eyes. He lost a golf tournament on Saturday. I'm going to go and make sure I have the rounds correct because they kind of blend in, and I forget what round was what. Didn't he shoot a 66, Kepka on Saturday in the bad weather? Didn't he shoot a 66? And once he did that, I felt that Kepka was going to be in very good shape as far as Sunday is concerned. And Kepka, you know, he doesn't, you know, he he just doesn't make a whole ton of mistakes. Kepka shot the 66 Saturday. He had the bad day in the first day, then he had a 66, 66, 67, and Scheffler shot the 73 on Saturday. So once that happened, I thought Scheffler too hard to come from behind in these events. I know Rom did it at the Masters, but boy, it's asking an awful lot. And Kepka, when he did a wonderful job, he almost had a uh, an incredible up and down on the one hole there on that. Was it 11 when he had that bad uh, tee shot and it was wedged against the uh, the bank of the bunker on 11? And he almost got up and down then, uh, but he made big putts. He had a huge downhill putt there in a big spot that got himself the par, where if he missed it, they would have been deadlocked with five with about seven, eight holes to go. I mean, he's just, he's very steady. I mean, and, you know, he has lie of the tiger in him. And, you know, I just did not think Hovland was going to be able to beat him. Now, obviously, the tournament was over on 16. He birdies the hole. We had to wait about 10 minutes while they got a ruling and a free drop and everything else. And, again, I thought that would be a unplayable. I did not realize that if you hit the ball like that out of the bunker, and I, I, I looked at it, you know, okay, you hit, a, you hit a terrible shot, it's unplayable, you're going to have to take a penalty. I did not realize that in that spot it looked like it's just plugged, so they give you a break, and they give you a, a, a free drop. Now, that free drop is no closer to the hole, and based on where it was, it was an impossible spot on top of a bunker. Hovland was not going to even get a five from there, because he would have had to make a putt, because he wasn't going to get on the green from that spot and it was his third shot so uh, that was a very very tricky spot for Victor and once he got the double and then of course you know bamboozled and you know uh, uh, centered around the 
birdie for Kepka. I mean, he was up four. That was over, and that was all she wrote. And away we go for Kepka. I think the bigger issue here, I think there's three or four things about the tournament before I do Kepka. One, Block was a good story. He was fun all weekend. He he didn't take himself too seriously. Sort of a, a man of the people. You know, uh, his 15 minutes of fame, so to speak. And he did a, you know, we all learned about him at the teaching pro there in Southeast Los Angeles. Uh, he, you know, did a good job with the microphone when he had to walk it up one of the holes. I forget what it was late, either Saturday or Sunday. He gets the up and down off the hole in one. Wonderful job. That's story number one. Story number two, uh, it's outside of Kepka. Story number two to me, uh, in a lot of ways, is McIlroy. I thought McIlroy had a pretty good tournament. Uh, I thought McIlroy, you know, you never really thought he was going to win it. And you never really felt that he was necessarily in contention. But he shot a 71, 69, 69, 69. And I thought uh, McElroy, who, you know, he made the cut, which is step number one. He finished in what place did he finish in? Was it in top 10, wasn't it? McElroy finished in one, two, three, four, five. He finished in seventh place, which is something that he hasn't done. He bounced back off, missing a cut, not showing up in Hilton Head. Uh, bad performance at Wells Fargo. He didn't make the cut at the TPC. At the TPC. I thought overall it was a positive moment for uh, for McElroy. I mean, he, he he got the message there yesterday with Block. He let Block have his time in the sh- uh, shine, uh, have his time in the sun. He stayed away, which is what McElroy you'd expect him to do. He's a good guy. And I thought McElroy had a pretty good tournament. So that is uh, item number two. Item number three, I think DeChambeau played pretty well. Um, you know, again, you know, he was on the periphery of having a chance to challenge, but he finished sixth. He finished at minus three, tied for fourth. He shot a 66, 71, 70, 70. I thought DeChambeau had three rounds under par. I thought DeChambeau played real well. Um, I got to see a little more before I think that he has recovered and he's back to where he was, say, two, three years ago. One tournament's not going to do that, so I need to see a little more. But I thought DeChambeau uh, played very, very well. So that is item number three. And then item number four is Kepka. Uh, he's got five majors now uh, since 2018. Nobody else has got more than two. Morikawa's got two. Rom's got two. Uh, you know, uh, there's not many who have had, who have two from that standpoint as somebody else. I think there's three who have two. I know Morikawa's got the two and Rom's got the U.S. Open and the Masters. I think there's one other uh, top of my head, but that's number one. And he's got five. So they got two, and he's got about four or five. He's got five. Uh, might be since 2017. Whenever that year is, that's number one. Number two, he's had a very weird career. Where do you stack him up? You know, he's got five majors and only three other PGA Tour wins. You know, so where do you, I mean, you're going to put him ahead of Ballesteros and guys like that and, you know, have five majors. Faldo's got six. Trevino's got six. Mickelson's got six. But Ballesteros has five. You put him ahead of Ballesteros now uh, based on the fact or right there with Ballesteros. I mean, that's a very tricky situation to do. A very odd guy uh, to sort of, categorize now to me i'm not that wrapped up in the other part of the tour but i mean let's face it sam sneed won 80, 82 84 times tiger won 82 times i mean byron nelson won what 15 straight weeks i mean there is something to it and you got to put some credence to it but you know the major is the major and now kepler's got five majors and he's got them all 
in you know in the last four or five years. And what you think he's not going to win a few more here before he's all said and done? He's going to win a couple more. He's going to win a he's he's going to win a Masters before he almost won this year. He's going to win you know five or six more. He's only thirty three years of age. I know he's got issues with his knee, but I mean I I don't see why in the next ten years that's forty majors he can't slip away and win five of them. That would give him ten. I mean he's going to have that kind of from a majors perspective. He's going to have that kind of historic career where there's only going to be three or four guys ahead of him, and you know. You know, obviously, uh, Tiger and Mickle and, um, and and Jack, uh, there's not going to be that many more ahead of them. I mean, nobody. How many others have double digits? I'm not counting Walter Hagen. How many? Uh, uh, obviously, um, Hogan doesn't have ten. I think Hogan's got what seven or eight. I mean, how many got Gary Player doesn't have ten? He's got about eight or nine. Watson doesn't have ten. He's got the same number. I mean, he's going to get the ten. He's going to be third all time. And I think he's going to win five. He's going to win five more. So I think that's something that I wanted to consider. Uh, I, and I think the other aspects of Kepka that are interesting, uh, I'm going to read you a quote here too, which is important. But the first thing is, I don't want to hear another word about Liv. All right? The idea that at least the angle with Liv that, you know, these guys won't be good uh, on the, uh, in the majors because the fact is they're not competitively, competitively sharp there on the Liv tour. That's a bunch of nonsense. The live players have played well. Kepka played well here. Cam Smith had a very good final day here. Mickelson shot a 65 uh, at the at the Masters on Sunday. Patrick Reed played well here, and he played well uh, in the uh, in the Masters. So the idea now that these live players are you know oh they can't compete on this level is a bunch of freaking nonsense. I mean, look at this for a second. Kepka wins. Uh, DeChambeau is tied for fourth. Cameron Smith shot a 65 yesterday. He's one of the one of 10 or 11 guys under par. Uh, there's a couple of more here too. Parara finished at plus two. He was uh, he made himself two hundred fourteen thousand dollars. Patrick Reed finished plus two. He made himself two hundred fourteen thousand dollars. So the idea now that you can't play on the PJ Tour or that you will not be a factor in majors because the Live Tour is you know three days. There's no cut. It's sort of happenstance and, you know, and go for broke, happy-go-lucky kind of golf, uh, uh, 54 holes. That's a bunch of nonsense. And I said this at the Masters. I said this going into the Masters. I'm going to say it now. The bottom line is if you're a great golfer, you're going to be able to play well. And I, you can make an argument you're going to play better at the majors because you're chopping at the bit to go out there and play real well against the best players in the world because you're not seeing them on a week-to-week basis. So when you see the Jordan Thomases, the, the, uh, the, the Justin Thomases, and you're seeing Scheffler, and you're seeing, um, you know, Shoffley, and you're seeing Rom and Rory and guys like that, you're all revved up, and you're going to really be, you know, ace. You're going to be, uh, you know, your antenna is going to be up and you're going to play great. And I think you've seen that in the first two days, uh, first two majors of the year. These guys have played well. The live players, the good live players. I'm not talking about Sergio Garcia or, uh, Lee, or Lee Westwood or you know Ian Poulter. I'm talking about the 8 to 10 players that are good uh, you know, Reed, DeChambeau, uh, Abrian Answer, uh, Piera, the kid that almost won a PJ last year. Obviously, Dustin Johnson. 
Kepka, Mickelson, those are the sort of guys, there's about eight of them. And those are the sort of guys I'm referring to. They don't need to be week in and week out in the PGA Tour to have good PGA, to have good major results. They've proven that the first two times. And finally, on this subject of Kepka, I hope everybody in golf, uh, from the stuffed shirts who are at Point of Point of Vedra, from Jay Monahan on down, I hope they hear this quote uh, after Kepka won yesterday. This is from Scheffler, and he made it clear after his round what he thought about the Ryder Cup. I want to win the Ryder Cup, Scheffler said. This is Mark Canazzaro, today's New York Post. I don't care about tours or anything like that. I want to win the Ryder Cup. It's something we talked about last year when we finished, or I guess a year and a half ago now. We want to beat those guys in Europe. It's been a long time since we've beaten them on European soil. Whoever the best 12 guys that make a complete team, it's different than individual tournaments. We want a team of guys that are going to go over there together and bring their cup back home, and that's all I really care about. So the idea now that the U.S. that the PGA Tour of America, which is going to help pick the players with Zach Johnson, the idea that they somehow are going to bring a crew over to Rome and not include Johnson, Reed, DeChambeau, and Kepka is an insult. If you, if if is it is it a tournament or a, or in a big event? Or is it a tournament that is a big event, but you know what? Political matters come first. Which one is it? Make that decision now. All right, now, Kepka might have enough ranking points based on his two big performances because obviously if you have enough ranking points, you're going to qualify and it's automatic. But he does have six captain picks. Johnson does. And if Zach, uh, if um, Zach, is it Zach Johnson? Is that it? If he sits there and he decides that he is with Monaghan and they decide to that, you know what, we're going to be careful here and we're going to hurt the live guys because this is not going to allow them to participate. And you're going to leave Dustin Johnson, Kepka if he ever dropped out of the top six, DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, who's a great Ryder Cup player. Not good. Great. The idea that you're going to leave them out because you want to make a stand against the live is a is a bunch of nonsense. If Kepka's good enough to be on the freaking uh, Ryder Cup team and he's on live, so does everybody else that I just mentioned deserve to be on that Ryder Cup team. And you can't make an argument anywhere, any shape, any form that I'll give you just an example. That Dustin Johnson is not the top 12, 13 players in either Europe or the United States. Forget Asia. Not Matsy, uh, you know, no Cameron Smith in a debate. I'm talking about Europe and the United States. You mean to tell me that you don't think Dustin Johnson is top 12? If you are going to try to convince me of that late in the summer, and here's our lot of cup team, I may not watch anyway because it's on at 7 o'clock in the morning up against football, but I am one who loves the Ryder Cup and the format. If you do that, I will, I will tell you right now, I will go everywhere that I have powers to go. Most of all, here. I'll do it on first take. I don't care what Stephen A. says. He don't want to do the guy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it everywhere. I am going to, I'll do it on the baseball show. I am going to kill the PGA Tour. Is this a sporting event between one side or another? Or is this a political deal for your purposes? Those players must play. And if you don't think so... Go back and look at the press release and the press notes from Scotty Scheffler yesterday in Rochester, New York. 
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.